All right, guys, welcome to episode four of the Barefoot Coach podcast. Today we are talking self-experimentation, self-science, body hacking, mind hacking, whatever you like to call it. Um, a little bit of a background on that. So it's something I'm quite passionate about and have always found it natural to want to seek out different ways of doing things. And so I sort of termed or coined this term self-science, which is essentially a state of mind of consistent self-improvement and it's all about the individual trying different approaches to configure what works best for them to eventually create the best possible routine for long-term health, including mental, physical, and spiritual. Um, so today here I've got Brendo McCormack, aka Mr. Perth Fit Fan, and also Shell Jeans, aka Mrs. Perth Fit Fan, the power couple, um, the A-team as I like to call them. And today we're gonna basically do, delve a bit deeper into this topic and try to figure out where it comes from and why people do it and how you can get started with it if it's something you're interested in trying. So welcome guys. Thank you, thanks for having us on. Before we kick off, can I ask something? Sure. If yeah. we're episode number four, who's gonna be one till three? Um... <laughs> I've gone off script straight off the bat. <laughs> and I just realised that means I'm going to have to sing the Macarena. I'm not sure if you guys uh, have tuned in yet in the first two episodes. Basically, I set myself this rule that if I've made a mistake or mucked something up, that I have to sing a really poorly sung song. <laughs> impossible to sing. This is first time I've done a line with people in the room. So strap yourselves in, guys. This is the Macarena. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, sensational. Sorry to throw you off straight away. So there we go. This is in fact episode three. So rookie error. We'll move on from there. Yep. Cool. Who were the first two, if you don't mind asking? So you did your first. Yeah, so did the first two. Yep. Um, and we'll be introducing guests in the future to come from here. So. So we're the first guests. You are the first guests. High yep. five. There we go. So popping my cherry in the podcast interviewing world. I'm honoured. Alright, so uh, tell us a little bit, first of all, um, some experiments you got on the go this year. What are some things you're looking to change or improve this year? Sure, so just with a bit of a background leading into it, so um, a few years ago uh, I decided to challenge myself every year to a different experiment um, or like a challenge which would be like for me a personal theme for the year. So two years ago uh, I did 12 months worth of extreme dieting, so um, I went through uh, cult-like diets um, just to find out you know, if they actually work, what they do and it was quite in depth and I'm sure that we'll go into that a bit later. Um, last year was no hat. So um, for those who don't know me, um, and obviously this is just audio so they can't see me, I'm, um, I'm, a, I'm a bald man and now I'm a proud bald man. Um, Australia's top bald fitness model. Australia's top bald out. fitness model, yeah, which was <laughs> the theme of last year, which is a yep. funny story within itself. But I did that because I wore a hat for pretty much five years or more, and I reckon less than I reckon less than a handful of days I wouldn't have wore a hat, and it was just you know part of me. And you know I, I thought it's kind of like a weird trait that you actually won't go anywhere, and that you wear a hat in business meetings and all sorts of things. I mean that's that's really weird, man. Like, what are you going to be like a forty-year-old dude looking like Fred Durst? <laughs> from Lip Biscuit and I went nah you gotta do this so my challenge for last year was to or well, one of them was to not wear a hat which was more just like a personal thing for this year in a similar sort of I, I, I guess 
theme of something that you hold on to, which is a little bit weird in a sense that it could almost control your life was for me, social media. Mm. So most people would know me probably through um, Perth FitFam, which is obviously a social media platform, but I also have my personal accounts, which um, I would say, I would say I spend up to four hours a day on like social media. Itself, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, I'd say I, I would spend up to four hours a day on social media. And of that, only some of it was purposeful mm. and having both accounts and spending so much time and in I would say wasted non-productive time actually I'll frame this up a little bit better as well people would say that I do social media for work or that's a big part of what I do I I wanted to interact with people more and I wanted to utilize my time better I think social media is almost like what's it called not like an avatar what's the, what's the games like the role-playing games like a matrix sort of thing yeah, okay. Like, yeah. yeah, and I think that's so, like, like, you know, we're talking about in the future about us being connected to a digital sort of world and I would say social media is the gateway of that where you're presenting something which isn't real, True. where you're kind of looking at other people and you're kind of basing yourself on their followers and fake interactions and I think it's very, very unhealthy mm -hmm. um, and I think that also for me communicating with people became harder because I was so used to doing things digitally. Sure. So this is a really long way of saying it but um, yeah, my, my goal for this year was removing my personal social media so my only social media interaction now is business which means that it's purposeful yep. rather than wasting time messenger right so you can still communicate with people if they reach out to you yeah i needed to keep facebook messenger because for me that's almost just like using text messages yes. except it's like they have your contact contact already so yep. i've removed all um so instagram that's actually deactivated my personal. Yeah, uh, Snapchat, things like that as well. No, no, Snapchat went. Yep. So yep. everything went. The only thing which I have is the uh, Perth Fit Fam Facebook page and the mm. Perth Fit Fam Instagram page. Yep. Um, and yeah, Messenger, because people people can text me. That's not a social sort of thing. Sure, sure. Yeah. So my whole thing was um, for people that go, oh, but this guy's life is social media and your chance to communicate is social media. What happens if I remove that and I just become a real person? You mm. know what I mean? Yep. Does it change the way that people see me? Mm -hmm. Does it change the opportunities that I get? Does it affect business and sales? Like what actually happens? Um, and so that's, that was, that's part of my experiment for this year. Cool. I love that. And I think um, you, hopefully you inspire more people to take similar, similar sort of steps. I know for me personally, seeing your post, it was like, something I've wanted to do for a long time. I'm not quite at the stage of removing my personal account, but I've basically set myself a goal to have a scrolling session, if that's what you would call it. Like talking about that time wasted where you, and you might see some meaningful shit sometimes, like mm. where you go, oh wow, it's fantastic, or it's a funny meme or something. But there's too many of the funny memes and stuff that really just fills time. Yeah. And you're, you're obviously distracting yourself from shit you could be getting done, but maybe you're a bit like fearful that you're not gonna do very well, or you know, you just, trying to fill time to avoid the things you should be doing. And yeah. A productivity block almost. So now what that means for me, and it's actually it's actually worked out amazing really rapidly. Because mm. that four hours a day I would spend on social media, I'm now creating content, I'm doing videos for Perth Fit Fam, like which are all under a schedule, I'm yep. writing articles which are getting insane reach. Yep. Um, reading books, stuff that you wanted to get to, like. Yeah, go to the beach, training two hours a day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, um, but for me, it's like, okay, if, if my only social media is purposeful content, which is going through Perth Fit Fam, 
it's already created and we're like less than a month in mm. of you know 2019 it's already created such a positive impact in the way that that I look at it. Yep. The other thing which I wanted to see too, and I don't think this is going to affect me too much because I think people still connect me to Perth Fit Fan, the brand. Um, but obviously you get looked at differently when you have a following. And it's I think it's I think it's very, very weird because it's just Instagram, right? Or yep. whatever it is. Mm. Um, and so if we're at a fitness event and um, you know, we were here with someone at New Year's and that and even she brought it up. She was so excited to be here because she was at, you know, Brendo from Perth Fit Fam's house for New Year's. And she <laughs> was like, guy. Yeah, she was like a little intoxicated. This sounds ridiculous to say, right? But she was a little intoxicated. She goes, Oh, you go to the events and like everyone knows who you are and you could see people like looking at you and stuff and Selfie I'm just stick and- Yeah. And I'm just like, that's really, really weird. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm yeah. just I've been doing this for so long I'm just a, you know just a dude yeah. and that really made me laugh and I thought I wonder if people are going to treat me different if I don't have that mm. like I Maybe wonder what sure. happens yeah yeah mm. yeah no more of the influencer yeah. style people around yeah. yeah and then those influencer style people mm. I think most people are fine but mm. if those people that like you because you know, you're a person of influence. Sorry, again, this is audio. I just did quotations. You're a person of influence and that's what they find valuable. Then, you know, they want to do collaborations and all this stuff. Tag me, I'll tag you, I'll shout. Yeah, Yeah. what happens when you're still the same person? What happens if you pull that away? Like, Mm. you know, let's find out. Very interesting, yeah. So essentially you're looking at a challenge that's going to change your identity a little bit or what you thought you were attaching your identity to Mm. of almost this fake thing that I suppose everyone now considers to be real life. Yeah. Which in reality, we, we know if we think about it logically, it's not. We see the best of the best on Instagram. We see all the things like, oh, my life is living my best life, all this sort of stuff. And they go home at nighttime and it's not really living their best life. There's a lot of shit going on behind the scenes. I can, I can say in, I would say the majority of cases, the biggest, the bigger the following, the lower success in real life. And what I mean, and I'll give like, um, I'll give, I guess, a real life example of this. So I do um, quite a bit of presenting to groups of personal trainers. And the first question is always, oh, how do we do social media? Like, how do I grow on social media? And I'm always like, if that's your number one issue, like if that's what you're trying to achieve, that's probably going to take away from your business. And you're probably not going to be able to pay your bills because you're going to be investing in something which is not actually super beneficial to your business. If you want to present to people that you're a baller and you got this sick car and you know you, you know you you want to be this next fitness influencer, that doesn't produce revenue unless you know how to sell your Instagram as a business, which very very few people do, and it takes away from your core business, which is being a good trainer. Mm. Like your circle of influence is within your space around you. If you were literally to focus on real relationships and working hard and getting yourself out there, some of the best people, the best people I know, actually that's pretty general, but some of the, some of the best people I know either don't use social media whatsoever mm. um, uh, or you wouldn't even know them. Yep. And Shell, what's some of the other things you're looking at in the new year? Yeah, cool. So um, for anyone who knows me, I do flexible dieting. And um, so the last 18 months, I've been sort of documenting my journey, um, utilizing avatar nutrition, 
doing like daily sort of accountability check-in and I've kind of rotated through um, four fat loss phases now and I'm onto my fourth reverse dieting phase. So at the end of last year, um, did all my test, DEXA scans and stuff through metabolic measures. Um, so at the moment, I'm currently sitting at about 40.4% body fat. Um, but this year, what I want to do is take it sort of one step further um, and start getting blood work done. So um, shout out to Steve at Metabolic Measures. Um, in the next sort of few weeks, we're going to go um, get all those tests done and see how the different phases actually affect, yeah, bloods and hormones and so forth. Cool. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be, yeah, really cool. Um, one thing uh, that uh, I guess was discovered when I did my last few sort of DEXA scans is um, my bone mineral density is, like, just scraping over the natural average. So so he's actually recommended uh, start stopping supplementing with lots of vitamin D, mm. um, which I've just um, been doing for about a month now. So it'd be interesting to see when I get my next DEXA scan done, um, how much of an effect um, that has, and obviously where my, all my blood levels will be. Because um, that's interesting, because you do a lot of weight-bearing exercise, like with movement, you do some strength and conditioning stuff as well. Yeah, correct. So yeah. like, um, yeah, just so everyone knows, um, I do like sort of three calisthenics um, days a week, one sort of CrossFit sort of session and a conditioning sort of session. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely a lot of resistance training there, yeah. but there is a, my mom's got some osteoarthritis, so there's a little bit of history um, yeah. with that, which I need to be, I guess, aware of. So yeah. making sure that, yeah, any sort of levels of the load now, um, you know, I'm um, yeah, getting on top of those, so it's not an issue, I guess, yeah, in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I guess, probably, yeah, one of the major things. And um, yeah, just in the last sort of week or so, um, this is going to be about getting out of my comfort zone. So um, I've always had some, I guess, past issues with sort of body image. So um, I caught up with, yeah, Josh Porter last week. and um, I really liked your, your post, by the way. Was, oh, yeah, thank yeah, you. Vulnerability, yeah. I think, is fantastic. And again, like we are talking about just before with the social media stuff, yeah. I think there needs to be more of that like out there with people actually showing like hey like I'm a real person this is like how I've actually felt this is what I've dealt with yeah, yeah. and that helps other people to realize that it's normal to go through this yeah. sort of stuff and that you know the more that people know that the more that people we can help yeah. yeah absolutely like um yeah people might look you know you know I've been in great chat for a long time but you know there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of darkness that like you know um that a lot of people didn't know about I'm like all right it's time to kind of let go of the past um, embrace it and I guess yeah sort of move forward so yeah training at a crop top is something I haven't done since like I was in high school t like late teen um so was it scary initially uh yeah so I trained like in a sort of a midriff top on Tuesday for the first time and uh, I was like this close to actually not putting my top on like <laughs> on um, Tuesday morning I'm like no um Shut yeah, up, like, little voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just like rock and I rocked up to the gym and everyone was like, "Oh, that outfit looks awesome!" And yeah, it felt yeah, felt good. So like, I'm still like slightly out of my comfort zone, but I need to yep. sort of overcome that. Um, you got a list of those little challenges for the comfort zone that you're going to try and tick off as you go. Yeah. Um. So I'll show you a bit later, but um, in my office I've got like a um my vision board, so it's a big sort of yeah massive sort of whiteboard. So I've got personal goals, physical goals, uh, financial goals, and everything sort of listed for the next sort of three to 12 months. As things get achieved, yeah, they get crossed off. Um, and then we'll place with a new one, so. And they're all, like, you're, you're really focusing on that comfort zone thing for each of those sort of points this year, or is it like more a progression from last year? Uh, yeah, so some of them are completely new goals, other than others are your progression from last year, yep. so, yeah.
Excellent. And the outfit did look really nice, by the way. I'm glad you bought it. <laughs> <laughs> Brendo from Fit Famous, happy. Is there anything else, Brendo, you're doing this year? Is that the main one? <sighs> that one's the main one for me. Um, last year, uh, I had two, so it was uh, the no heart and no alcohol. Yeah. Oh, no alcohol as well, I didn't realise. Yeah, 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 no alcohol too. And um, that continues through. So yep. yeah, I don't drink. So yeah, this one for me was definitely social media. I just wanted mm. to choose one. Yep. And it, I wouldn't say this is a challenge, like not one like that. Mm. So my focus this year is just Perfect Fam, as yep. far as like like building this uh, mm. progressively as, as a business. So yep. removing the distractions from that really mm. helps. But yeah, the challenge is definitely removing that personal social media, yep. which I held on to like a hat, like a bald man with a hat. Yeah, that's it. There we go. Progressing it along to something a little bit different. So next up, this is a good one actually. What are some of the craziest things you've tried over the journey in your little self-experiments? I've noted down a few. At one point I was I think in a bit of denial, I was like, I didn't, I didn't really try anything crazy, I wouldn't say, and then I realised I've tried a lot of things that most normal people would consider crazy. So like vitamin D3, like mega dosing 10 times above the limit recommended. Why? <laughs> I read a book called uh, Vitamin D3 Mega Dosing and it seemed like a really good idea at the time. Have you ever read a book called Microdosing? No, but I've heard a little bit about <laughs> we'll, we'll chat about this. Cool, cool, yeah. Um, no, I'll ask you, did you, because there's a lot of, ne- I guess, media about negative effects of vitamin D yep. in extremes, was there any negative effects? Or um, no, because part, I did not get blood sun. This is, a lot of these are from when I was a lot younger, and I didn't have a lot of measurability. I just liked the concept of something. It made a little bit of sense. There's a little bit of science on one hand, on the other hand, it just made logical sense to me, mm-hmm. and I would go ahead and try it, and it was there, obviously fill a void or fix something that I thought needed fixing. And you probably didn't have the resources like metabolic measures to be able no, to do that. No, definitely not. They should no. really be a sponsor of this podcast, by the way. 100%. I'll shout out yeah. Steve, Jared. Yep. Boys, get around it. I'll, I'll take I'll, a uh, cut. Give me a shout. I'm going to be your manager. Um, yeah, and what they do is fantastic. Because like you're saying, the, the data is really important. Because it's great to go, like, for example, I did gut, uh, the uh, gut right thing with ATP just recently. And people said, oh, how do you feel? And <laughs> day five, I pretty much, you know, spent on the toilet. Did you? Got a decent clean out. So, I mean, that itself, you're like, okay, maybe we're moving through some stuff there. But at, at the end of it, I had no data to look at. I wasn't like super light. I didn't lose any body fat, like, which wasn't the reason I did it anyway, mm. just to try it and see how it goes. I didn't have a gut health test before. The microbiome test, yeah. It's, it's, it's a pretty dear test. I think it was like 300 bucks or something. Is it? Something like that. I would love to do that and yeah. measure, because we use Bow Restore. Shell just finished a three-month yeah. course on it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah, you poop in like four to nine times a day. And <laughs> like old shit. I'm like, I reckon yeah. the first week, I reckon I dropped about a kilo to kilo and a half. And mind you, I was in a fatless phase yeah. as well. Yeah. I reckon a kilo to kilo and a half of like... Poop. Shit that had just been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, a, like a colonic almost. Yeah, yeah. It's just clearing you out. And that's what I figured, like, okay, I felt like I got a really clean out, so therefore the product did its job. But I didn't walk away thinking, oh, like, and I wasn't heavily bloated, like, didn't have any IBS. So people that have issues like that, they'll probably notice it more. Yep. But again, like, a lot of these things, they were just having a crack, seeing how it goes. Like, I ate whole eggs for a while there where I was, like, chewing the whole shell down. What? Did you cook them? No, so a raw oh, egg. Oh, is... cute. What the fuck? So a raw egg in the mouth, like, Chew it down, chew the shell down to a powder, and then swallow the whole thing whole. For the purpose of what? <laughs> <laughs> this is it, right? The purpose of what? The purpose is like, eat whole foods as they were. If you were like, <laughs> you're a caveman. The logic of that seems so preposterous, it's not funny. 
That's actually incredible. So, I mean, some of these experiments are quite funny. Like, I did a thousand burpee challenge once, and this is, I was trying paleo for nearly about a year, year and a half, which, you know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend to anyone unless you've got some serious health, like you're eating junk food every day. You're going to get your result health-wise in anything that has whole foods in it. Yep. But, so I was slamming the fish oil. I think I just watched, like, Barry Sears talk about the power of omegas and how they're so important and done a lot of research. I was like, all right, let's get into it. So a thousand burpee challenge and during it, I was literally swigging fish oil to try and lower, and again, this is quotation marks, lower my inflammation <laughs> so I recover better. Side note, probably purely placebo, I pulled up like a treat the next day and really? I don't think many other people would be able to keep that down while doing it. Was it, that was the Melrose one? Similar, yeah, so it's just like a formula and just swigging it back. I could have a little swig. I don't know how much I consume, like it would have been astronomical. Can that be toxic? Oh, not really. Potentially, if it wasn't pharmaceutical grade and that sort of thing. Did you feel smart? Like, because <laughs> yeah, like the DHA? Runs after that much oil. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. I don't yeah. think so. Honestly, I think from memory, I remember pulling up and people were like, how do you feel? You did a thousand burpees. And I was like, I feel fantastic. Like, Easy. Give me a thousand more. Break a record. Keep yeah, on all day. So there was that. Um, yeah, again, paleo phase. There's a lot of weird shit during paleo, like um, having shots of olive oil, which I remember vividly really hurting my guts. That's interesting. And me just telling myself, like, oh, this is good. It's clearing it's, shit out. It's what, it's what the cavemen, it's what the cavemen would this have done. what they went through to yeah. get healthy, you know? I don't know if they had olive oil. Uh, I was eating raw veggies at the time, which I hate veggies now, like, at the best of times. Like, I'll eat them because they're on my plate, you yeah. know, and that sort of guy. And probably the funnier one, like trying to gain weight, was the Go Mad Milk Diet, which you would have heard Tim Ferriss talk about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've, I've a got a gallon of milk a day, book. and it was, yeah. and I didn't just go a gallon of milk. I was having a gallon of like strawberry sugary milk a day. That's bad. Which I got up, like I gained about five kilos, but I wouldn't say it was quality muscle. No. It was a lot of fat. The, the only issue <laughs> I me, have, because I'm, I'm a big fan of Tim, right? Um, and I've got, and I've actually got the Four Hour Body, and that's a signed copy yep. in there. Nice, I'll let nice. you take a photo of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, the only thing I have against the biohacking stuff and what he does is, um, uh, especially back then when I was doing bodybuilding and you're talking about how to gain muscle and this stuff, I went and yeah. I was just like, okay, that's interesting, except I know people that get way better results than what you do that do it in a much more conventional way. Yeah. And, um, and I think biohacking and stuff, a lot of the time I look at it and... Um, I'm sure that we'll talk about results and things later. I think, yeah, I don't know. I you don't know. know. I question the limit. It buys into that extreme mindset, doesn't it? And people mm. fucking love extreme shit. They're like, yeah. And look, from what you just saw there, like I've definitely gone through it and tried a lot of extreme approaches and different things. And uh, it's, it's not sustainable as everyone would realistically no. know when they look at it. And so what's the purpose of it then? Yeah. Or have something you said you've done. I mean, you can say you've tried it. So that's yeah. one thing. You tick it off, you know what works and what doesn't work for you. Yep. It's what you can do. Well, I think it's what we're talking about. Some of these ch- challenges, I don't really like the word hack and all the stuff we're going to really talk about. They're not hacks because mm. a hack is something to try and get somewhere quicker, a bit more of an extreme style. You can't sustain it. Mm. Whereas we're looking at stuff that will be, I My guess, style. exactly. Self-science to go, okay, I, got, I took this from that and now I know I can apply that every day. Like some people would say the barefoot thing was an experiment or a self-science thing. Yeah. And now it's just something I do all the time. I think that was awesome. I loved watching you do that, like just the barefoot thing. But the thing which I liked most about it was that you prepped to run the 21Ks barefoot. 
and I've run the 21 because it was 21 that you did right yeah, yeah so HBF. I've yeah I ran the 21 HBF last year obviously in shoes yeah and I was thinking I was thinking about you as I was doing it <laughs> and I was like <laughs> I can't believe that you actually got through like that's yeah you might that, that was it that was anyway I'll take my hat off to you thanks man yeah. that I, the hat that I don't wear <laughs> yeah and it's funny like that one was a good example of like it didn't need to be extreme it was a a long-term builder I probably spent six to eight months not necessarily mm. running but just walking barefoot every day I was walking like yeah it wasn't super long distances like maybe two to five K five K at best maybe two K's a day sort of thing um, just my morning walks it was a great time for me to think and then I would do like a few runs here and there and I did obviously most of my CrossFit workouts and strength conditioning barefoot and so and then when I came up to I think I did a total like the longest run I did was 5k maybe mm -hmm. about 5k and then just went and did it now granted I had a pretty bad blister on my right foot but I think every runner wearing shoes had blisters anyway I'll say so you might those the heels of your feet were very very tender yeah afterwards yeah. you had the wrong shoes you're gonna get blisters if you haven't done that distance before so it was kind of like well duh you haven't run 21ks in your life before so. I think I got a bloody toe yeah, I have a feeling that I got a bloody toe from it. Yeah. But yeah, like, so yeah. I'm agreeing with what you're saying, yeah. and I was wearing shoes. Like a little, like a little bit sore ankles again, like for like one or two days, and again, it's, I haven't run 21 k's before, sore calves, I haven't run 21 yeah. k's. So yeah, so the end result was pretty good, and I felt like that was that was a self science or self experimentation. It worked quite well, and again, it was a mindset thing. I wasn't like, oh, you know, I'm going to break down. This is going to go wrong. I was like, okay, when, like, for example, when I was running on the road and things got real tough don't be an idiot, don't keep running on the road around like the um, the white lines on the road. Okay. And that just allowed me to have a little bit of a break for the feet. Mm. When we were running um, through like the parks and everything, I ran on the grass alongside everyone that was running on the road and it allowed me A, to run at a really good pace to overtake packs. Because mm -hmm. no one else wanted to run there because their shoes, they just sink into the sand and into the grass, etc. Yeah. Whereas I went that track and just bang. And so that allowed me to run like five to 10 Ks on a relatively soft surface in and out. Like I'd go onto the road back on and then obviously finish on the worst asphalt and everything else. Well, that's <laughs> what I was going to ask. Because it's quite rocky in some areas. Yeah, and yeah. so how did your feet hold up on the rocks? Well, it's interesting. It's like um, when I go like just walking in nature or whatever you want to call it, like we went to Lesmere Falls the other week, it's not comfortable. You're not walking going, oh, this is a breeze and my feet are so adapted that I don't feel anything. But you walk differently. And this, I think the problem is people get so... And I don't want this to be a crazy barefoot shout out or like everyone should lose their shoes, but... You walk differently, you experience everything differently, but you, the way you proportion your foot and kind of like, you, you're so aware of everything. It's like you're 100% bought into the walk awareness-wise. Mm. And so when you're running, it's the same thing. Like I didn't step on one bit of glass and then cut my foot. Like, and there would have been stuff everywhere, you know, glass and all yeah. sorts of stuff throughout the whole streets and everything because I was so vividly aware of it. I was still taking in everything around me and I wasn't thinking about anything else. Yep. It's just running. And I think it's like 100% awareness when you do stuff bare feet. That's what I like about it. That's cool. Mm. That's really, really good to know. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Getting back to, I've raised a little bit there. Uh, what is the craziest things you've tried? Um, the craziest thing, I, the one which I look back and I, I, I'm really glad that I did it was definitely the 12 months worth of extreme dieting. Mm. Um, I don't know... Is that crazy? Hmm. I don't think it's crazy, but like it's, stuff. it's big. Yeah, yeah it's stuff it, that normal people wouldn't. Yeah, the commitment was crazy. Yeah, that's what yeah. I. That's what I mean. It's yeah. not like jumping out of a plane crazy, hmm. but it was a long commitment, and there was a lot to it. Going through the blood tests, going through the DEXA yeah. scans, the VO2 max testing, actually committing and sticking to these diets yeah. full out over twelve months. Like if a bodybuilder preps for a comp in like three months, that's mm. that's crazy. Yeah. But to do strict dieting over twelve months, 
um, that yeah, the commitment was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so I would say that that's the one for me that stands out, and I'm so glad that I did it. And um, I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a struggle. I just think mm. it was like a, a big twelve months. Big twelve months. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what I learned from it, um, like coming to quite anticlimactic hey all of the diets will work it makes minimal difference um you know if you're looking at body composition essentially it comes down to uh, calorie expenditure um uh, but what it did for me um i learned a lot about myself through it because there was such a level of discipline and commitment um but what it did for me is it makes it very hard for me to have converse have extreme conversations with people now that are really one or the other Mm. because I know Been that yeah and it's like well actually I've I've done this mm. and no yeah yeah I'm sorry but <laughs> yeah yeah you're you can't be dogmatic about diets yeah it's not the way it works it's what works for people and what they can stick to isn't it yeah lifestyle thrown in yeah lifestyles mm. are yeah lifestyles a massive thing so those that don't know as well um so Brenna went through vegan keto a very run-of-the-mill bodybuilding.com style diet, uh-huh. um, counting macros, and that's. Would you say that's mainly what you're stuck through now? Flexible dieting is your main kind of. Yeah, to- so I, I started off with like, like you said, it was just an out of the book like a bodybuilding.com sort of style diet, yeah. and the reason why I did that was because I just wanted a basic diet which wasn't swayed one way or the other, yeah. um, and I and I didn't want to fluctuate too much so if I started off with keto and yeah. I went from going from Christmas and holidays to going straight to keto it would have showcased yeah. that my body shredded on yeah keto. well yeah, yeah, yeah keto is the best That's it, yeah. so, so I did a three month baseline yeah. and then yeah I went keto for three months vegan for three months macros or flexible dieting for three months yeah. Um, yeah so when I come to the conclusion which was hey if I want to alter my body composition the easiest way for me to measure this is um, to basically track my calories, yep. which means that I generally stick to eating the same foods every day. Um, I have a refeed day, which is calculated, um, except if I want to eat different things and if I want to be a bit flexible, then it's fine. I can just switch and, and move based on that. Yep. So yeah, I would say um, that would be my preferred preferred path. So now it's that's... almost a macarena. Just yeah, I know, right? So that would be my preferred path is yep. to say um, uh, that just following a flexible dieting option is probably better and more sustainable. But because I spent 12 months so focused on that, last year I didn't, I didn't really... I might have counted or, you know, sporadically, sporadically but I wasn't committed to counting. Mm. After doing a year of counting... Um, and going, oh, this is the holy grail, and now I just yep. got to count calories and I'm sweet. I actually went the other way, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna kind of eat within my means and yep. train. So I wasn't focused on it. But this year, even though it's not a challenge, I'm like, hey, if you want to actually be in good shape, the best way to do it is be accountable with what's going in your mouth. Yep. Um, and so that's what I'm doing now. Here's a question: As um, Perth Fit Fam, do you feel pressure to look a certain way? Yeah. Not that I need to look like um, an Andrew Papp or anything like that. I don't feel that pressure. Mm. But um, (laughs) at the start of the year, um, so so I use a... I think we're going to talk about tools, but I use a program called Avatar Nutrition to count um, my calories. And I hadn't done a check-in for ages. So I started off the year and I did my check-in. And I was 17.7% body fat based on their algorithms, um, which is the fattest that I've been for two years. So I was like, 
oh damn you should probably reel it in a bit just so you don't look so you know you don't look so fluffy for yeah. Perth Fit Fam mm-hmm. so yeah I feel that pressure going to, going you know too far out yeah. but I don't feel the pressure as in I need to look like an Instagram influencer yeah yeah relatable but fitted so. yeah, yeah that's right yeah. I, I think it would almost be worse if I if, if I went back and I did a bodybuilding split and I got like into the single digits mm. um, I, I don't know if, yeah I, I don't know if there's any purpose for me to do that yeah do you think that's helped like doing CrossFit and these sort of more performance sports over the last few years do you think that's helped some of that mindset compared to your bodybuilding days if you were now let's say going back you're a bodybuilder and you're doing Perth Fit Fam, do you think your mindset would be different compared to now having performance in the background helping change that identity around how you look? Yeah, chalk and cheese. Mm-hmm. So prior to CrossFit, um, I kind of grew up in the fitness industry within that bodybuilding uh, that bodybuilding mindset and um, I competed when I was younger and I still follow bodybuilding now. Um, and But back when I was in that mindset up until I was about 27, I wouldn't go to the beach because I was worried that my chest didn't match the size of my shoulders and there might have been something aesthetically not right bodybuilding wise and so I literally wouldn't go to the beach or if I wasn't in shape then I wasn't tan and I'll you know everything didn't look good I literally like wouldn't take my shirt off Mm. um and then I remember one year on the flip side I must have been 27 just before starting CrossFit 26 27 and I was easily easily in the best shape of my life um uh tan really lean (laughs) And I went to the beach every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I knew I was in good shape, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Once I started CrossFit and it became performance, um, aesthetics didn't really mean much to me um, because it became performance. And I think that by doing more of a performance-based sport as opposed to an aesthetic-based sport, um, I think that you naturally become what your body should look like as well. So you're not concerned about trying to look like someone or, you know, you don't worry about the size of the muscles and the balance. You just worry about being in like good shape and is, am I going to perform best looking like this? So yeah, I think it would have been chalk and cheese. Awesome. And Shell, what about you? What's some of the more extreme things you've tried over the journey? <laughs> All right, so I don't know how far down this rabbit hole we're going to go. <laughs> just, just go deep, just, just commit. Start digging, let's go. Yeah, um, that's what the people want. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, it's been the last sort of, especially the last sort of 12 months, I've um, been quite fascinated in exploring consciousness of the states. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of started with like things like. Um, you know, your Wim Hof, um, Wim, Wim Hof cold showers and float tanks. And um, I'm usually the sort of person, I find it hard to switch off and like just sort of completely sort of relax. My mind's always sort of racing. You two must be just like constantly just you're both on and just chill. Yeah, <laughs> well, we, like, we actually... Um, we got... Um, uh, we, we had like a, like a, a massage recently. And the the lady that did the massage, um, she she both said the same thing. She's like, yeah. you guys, like you 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 are so tense. Like CNS is just yeah, you're, yeah. you're both your CNS yeah, yeah. is sympathetic dominance. Sort of. Yeah, just absolutely yeah. fried. She's like, like when I when I massage, like when I touch you, I can feel yeah. like how intense it is. They're like, yeah. you really got to back it off, hey. Yeah. Do I agree? Continue. Yeah. So um uh yeah so I've been quite interested in the yeah. flow state sort of stuff um, and um, 
getting comfortable with the uncomfortable is one thing I'm, I'm actually working on, um, just having that really sort of strong mindset. So, um, yeah, for example, like cold shower in the morning, like two minutes. Yep. Um, if you can get through a two-minute cold shower, mm. um, yep. most of the rest of your day is going to be pretty, <laughs> pretty easy. Yep. And I've been doing cold showers now for like three months, and I still don't enjoy them, mm. but um, it's like I can't not get out of the shower now to like, you know, yeah. um, had that sort of, um, yeah, two minutes of, two minutes of cold. It's like something you, like, honest, an honest promise to yourself. I'm yeah. going to get in and, and do you freak out every time it comes on or now have a little bit more zen about when, when I first started, I would um, just put, like, one arm in um, and then put the other arm in and one yeah. leg. <laughs> now I just commit, like, whole body, yeah. um, just suck it up and I um, start doing a bit of breath work. Yeah. Um, that makes it a lot easier because you kind of get your mind mm. off the coldness of the shower. Um... One thing, um, I've, I was probably one of the first people who got got into intermittent fasting back like 2009, 2010. Mm. It's quite common now to talk about it. Yeah, um, you've done that. You have got experience with that. Yeah, I did. I did a fake version of intermittent fasting, but oh. it was a fake version. Well, I guess it's not your real conventional. Um, where you you're supposed to have nothing except for maybe water until mm. a certain time. I used to have a coffee in the morning, so I guess it wasn't. All, all or nothing, but yeah, the variation of it. Yeah, like I'll do. Like I'm actually fasting today, so mm. um, I had um, yeah coffee this morning, normal sort of breakfast. Yeah. Um, around like yeah eight thirty at work. Yeah. Um, I now will fast till breakfast tomorrow morning. Um, oh wow. So yeah, yeah. full, yeah. full twenty four hours. Yeah. Um, not so much um like I'm reverse dieting, so I'm not mm. utilizing it for fat loss or anything. And just so people are aware. Um, there's no silver bullet, bullet in fasting. It's just mm. another way of creating like a calorie deficit, um, especially if I'm in a fat loss phase. Um, I prefer to eat um, high calories on other days mm. and then create a deficit during a fast. Um, if you can go 24 hours without food, there's a lot of um, things in life that you can just yeah, deal with because um, a lot of people are emotionally connected to food. Yeah. Um, yep. But what I also find with the fasting too, um, yeah, it strengthens your mindset. If you've got like a lot of sort of inflammation in the body, you're holding a lot of fluid, say you've been traveling, um, you've eaten foods that just really sort of react. Mm. Um, after 24 hours, you've gone to bed, um, no food, you'll wake up feeling one, really energized in the morning, because it's like your digestive system is not having to continuously like digest food. Mm. Um, you know, all through the day. Yep. Um, I just feel better for it. Um, so, um, so that's one thing I've been doing. And sh- shall we touch on? It's up to you. <laughs> but just quickly on that as well. Yeah, I, sure. I really like that, and that, that's part of the reason why intermittent fasting was the same thing. I read a little bit up about it, done a little bit of research on yep. it, and just like the idea of again giving the body a break. Yes. Yeah. Like you say, like people have food intolerances and stuff like that, or you know. I have no specific food intolerances that I'm aware of, coconut oil maybe a little bit, but you know, okay, if you're smashing gluten and dairy every single day, seven days a week for four or five months, at some point the body's probably going to be like, had enough of it. Yeah. It mm. doesn't mean you necessarily have these massive symptoms. Yeah. And I really like the idea of like, okay, rather than eliminating that thing all the time, which we know mindset-wise is really, really hard to do, mm. can we give yourself, a, give the body a break to repair Kind of get over yeah. it a little bit, um, and the cells, everything. There's so much, so much deepness about it. It's like, and what you're saying, the mindset of it as well, of being carrying it into other areas of your life. Yeah. But just getting that reset button almost. And that's what I liked about that. In my own mind, was that nice little reset button. I think that was energizing in itself. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Mm. Like for example, um, I don't uh, digest nuts really well, and yeah. um, 
mum, when we came back from um, from holidays, my mum like gave us a, I don't know, three kilos of nuts. And then we had last night like walnuts last night. And um, anyway, I had like a, a largish sort of handful. And um, literally within like 10 minutes, like, yeah, my stomach was just bloated. Yeah. And I'm like, how the fuck did you have that? <laughs> and um, anyway, so like I did my uh, daily sort of weigh in every single morning and like up like a kilo this morning. That's just inflammation, a lot of fluid. Mm. Um, guarantee you, I will be back down to normal weight tomorrow morning after all that sort of um, yeah. kind of gets through my system. Um, but yeah, it's like, pretty impressive that you're that in tune with your body, though. Yeah, mm. I think um, you just what fasting also teaches you is the difference between emotional hunger and actual physical hunger. Because yeah. especially if you're, you know, you eat at the same time every day, it's like a habitual sort of hunger sort of sign. Oh yeah, it's like, I'm hungry and now it's time to eat. Yeah. Once you kind of get past um, an hour after your regular, say my regular lunch time's about one o'clock, once two, two thirty sort of comes, the hunger passes and you just mm. get along with your day. And a lot of the times, um, there'll be some days you feel stress and stuff are faster than lot harder mm. but i'll probably get to that six o'clock tonight and i'll be like full of energy yeah. um it's like yeah your body's just like utilizing other stores um for energy and i have a really good sleep i'll probably wake up earlier tomorrow that's generally what happens when i fast yeah. um but then tomorrow when i get along um get on with my first meal um it's like your stomach shrinks a lot and you're a lot more aware of how much food you actually need to eat for that next sort of meal so and i can't guarantee all the sight behind it, but I've been fasting on and off for like, God, coming up nine or ten years now. And mm. You did fasting before it was cool. Yeah, like yeah. back in the day, like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah. And, um, you know, your metabolism's going to shut down, you're going to lose muscle. I'm um, like, no, you're not. Like, yeah. it's 24 hours, you're not going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's very cool. And we talked about energy level and like being able to read your body and, and understand your body. Do you feel like, there's a certain type of energy lull when you know, okay, I need more food. And versus like, I'm just a little bit low energy mindset. So I'm gonna talk about this a little bit in a future podcast, but the idea is that if you're on your phone scrolling through, or you're in traffic and you've been driving for 30 minutes, or you've uh, just watched a Netflix, binge watched a Netflix yeah. series for like, you know, or you just worked and you're overworked and you're tired, you get in this low energy mindset. And it's the reason why people drive past the gym on the way home and they'll just go straight home. It's not actually because they're physically tired. Mm -hmm. It's because mentally they're just burnt out, that low energy mindset. So they don't want to do anything that's productive. Mm. Yeah. And so there's that. Then there's also like, okay, a little bit lower in calories. My workout wasn't as good today. And then there's this, there's this trigger that sort of happens where I feel really tired. And there's something with it where it's like, it's, it's not even, it's like, okay, I need to stop, go have a nap, eat some food. Um, fulfill a craving or something along those mm -hmm. lines and I feel like that's the most in tune my body that's taken lots and lots of years to, to get used to mm -hmm. and do, do you feel the difference in that like you can almost tell the shifts in your body yeah definitely like um you um there's yeah definitely a difference between like mindlessness hunger where like you're just bored and it's mm -hmm. like oh yeah I'll just take my mind off I'll just like yep. eat stuff or yeah if you've done a big work especially after a fast uh, I'll find my first meal, I want the most nutritious foods possible because, mm. you know, I've gone without 24 hours without food. I'll train tomorrow fasted um, and I'll probably have a great training session. I rarely notice um, having, like, strength um, or um, aerobic issues um, training fasted. Like, any difference with the HIIT style sessions? Uh, no, like, um, 
when I was doing my fat loss phase last year, um, I would fast on, on a Monday morning, so Monday to Tuesday, and I always do a conditioning session on a Tuesday morning, completely fasted. Um, I've yeah done like heavy sort of squat sessions, fasted, no issues. Um, yeah, generally train does really, really well. It's quite interesting. I don't know why. Um, the longest I've done fast is 44 hours, and I've done two training sessions within that 44 hours. Um, <laughs> But you know what, like, I think it's, it all comes down to your mindset. Mm. Um, if you're going to go into your training session with the mindset, oh, you know, I haven't eaten and I've got no fuel, you're going to train like shit. True. Yeah. But if you're in the mindset of, yeah, let's have a fucking great session, you're going to yeah. have a great session. So, yeah. Yeah. provided that like, you've, like, you know, had a good sleep and all of that, yeah. um, a lot of life is just in your, it's in your head. It's yeah. how you are. Yeah. It's how, yeah, you think about things. Um, mm. How you, yeah. how you so, yep. I nap every day. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, always low energy. I always have that massive uh, need for it. I agree. I, I have a little siesta, but it's usually yep. like a 20 minute almost like yeah. drift off. I don't go deep sleep. I just drift. Mm, no, nah, so it's about 20 minutes every day. So, after yep. this, I'm going to eat lunch. Yep. I'm going to have a nap and then I'm going to kick back off. Yep. So, I'm really productive with work in the mornings. Mm. So, I try and get as much as I can done during that pro- pro- uh, productivity time. Um, I block what I'm doing yep. and um, then I eat and I nap and then when I wake up it's like I get to restart another day yep. and then I have my next jobs and I just sit down and I block it um, so yeah with the energy thing I like religiously have a nap every day yep I love it and again so being in tune with yourself you know you're going to be better with that nap yeah so that's why you have it every day yeah it that nice habit and that strict thing you have every day that helps you be more productive and get more done. Yeah, I feel sorry for people that can't nap during the day. Mm. Yeah, just like because of yeah. work or like, yeah, whether you, it's just not your body type. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, just work and Shout stuff. Kim Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, savage. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I thought, if I didn't do that, I would be in that like, yeah. uh, that tired mindset yeah. and I'd be so grumpy. Yeah, and I should point out as well, just for any listeners thinking like gung ho, like now I'm gonna go fast 24 hours and, and like no real plan around it. You need to read Eat Stop Eat by Brad Pillon. Um, that explains it very well. Yep, and you still, like with the Avatar Nutrition, you still get your calories in for that day. Yeah, so um, what will happen is, um, yeah, so today's a fasting day, I've probably had about eight or 850 calories today. So obviously I won't be eating anything for the rest of the day, but what um, I tell people is, you know, you're not going to be perfect every single day with your calorie intake. What you need to look at is your weekly calorie intake. So right now my mm-hmm. calories are at um, 21.10. Yeah. Um, so, um, and I do my check-ins on Friday, um, but I know, because um, in the back of my mind, you're starting today. So I've, I've had higher calories in the last sort of few days. So that over the week is going to average out. So that's gonna keep me on track. Just so just want to point out Brendo is on Facebook as well, so it's already broken his <laughs> <laughs> It was um it was for business. <laughs> all out, all out. Uh, what was the next thing you're gonna go into? There's a little bit of like an awkward also if you hear any like grizzling in the background oh yeah it's not me it's a pug next to me yeah sorry the famous pug dog we tried to keep him outside but he was getting jealous so he's now sitting next to sean cleaning himself so there were four yes (laughs) i don't know it's up to you well when we were talking about what was the macro thing you were saying or something dosing Oh, micro-dosing. Oh, micro-dosing, yeah. No, you were talking about macrodosing vitamin D. Yeah. And so we were going to talk about microdosing. Sure. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, if if you want to, I would say it's not experimental. Um, it's just one of those, you know, this is more one of those hack sort of things. It's like how to get better cognitive function um, by microdosing. And for those who don't know, you can Google what microdosing is. Typically, you're using a really light dose of a psychedelic, so something like a psilocybin. Very, very, very popular in uh, those Silicon Valley sort of areas, high tech people, your high performance. Yes. Um, uh, so I would probably say that's not an experimental sort of conversation. Um, it's probably a conversation, yeah, for another time. It's probably more, I suppose, extreme for your average person. It's very extreme. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very extreme. Anything, anything like that, um, and, and I've experimented extensively, extensively within this. Man, I've got to sing a lot of Macarena. Um, uh, I've it's e- one big rendition of the <laughs> um, You know, I, I think that Shell and I are both pretty... Um, uh, experienced within this space mm. and got any questions, yeah I think because I'm because I'm surrounded by books podcasts and stuff of experts that are, you know very very equipped to be able to speak about it for me and probably Shell, it's probably quite a common conversation it's a normal sort of thing um, but for a normal like for uh, their everyday person they yeah. would just be like what the hell are you talking about yeah I think it's interesting because, like, me personally, I'm very anti-drugs. I've never been a big drug taker, but I don't judge anybody who does take drugs. Yeah. But it was quite funny, actually. The microdosing thing, um, me and my younger brother, Quinn, got in this little phase where we were like, read up a little bit about it, and we're like, oh, and we watched this documentary on Adderall, we're like, this is bullshit. This is a completely unfair, you know, playing field. Like, we've got to look at this microdosing stuff, and we <laughs> went as far as, like, researching the mushrooms and all the rest of it, and then Quinn hits me back, he goes... You know, there's like a two-year like jail sentence. You like get caught with this stuff, and we're like, and that's where the dream ended. We're like, that's it. No yeah. more microdosing for us. Like, well, we ever did it, but you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think, and the most important thing on that conversation is, um, yeah, obviously, everything's enter at your own risk. Mm. There's no such thing as a free lunch. As far as I think that if something gives you an advantage, it's also going to have. Uh, it's, it's, it's potentially a negative it's effect. Like yeah. Off yeah, just just anything. Habit. Caffeine. Yep. Um, yep. So really, isn't it? Yeah. I, so I chew nicotine gum, mm. um, I'm, you know, which is a bizarre thing when you go and you go to the pharmacy and they're like, how many cigarettes do you have a day? I'm like, do I look <laughs> like a smoker? Uh, yeah, I did when I was, yeah, I did up until I was um, probably about 16. Okay. I started young, by the way. Yeah. I, I like started smoking when I was 12. Yeah, I was just thinking that I lived a very experienced yeah. young life. I did a lot yeah. of things before I even turned 18. Yeah. Um, which you've been very open about. By the yeah, way. I am. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't mind. I'm very open about most conversations. I think yeah. what we're, you know, what we're discussing now, I have no issues about mm. discussing, you know, yeah. in depth. I just don't know if this is the right platform. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is if, if you're looking at, um, uh, you know, we're talking about microdosing plant medicines, these things, mm. is they are medicines and there's an application to it. So I think that there's a difference between um, using something recreationally yeah. and then using something purposefully. Yeah. yeah, and there's so many studies and there's so much... Australia is very, very far behind at mm. the moment, um, but especially in America, um, there's so many studies on like uh, MDMA being used uh, as, as uh, PTSD, yeah. um, 
uh, psilocybin uh, being used uh, for depression and so many more things. You did well on pronouncing that, by the way. Psilocybin. Yeah, well done. I pronounce it many times. That's why. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. Um, except the biggest thing that I've ever gotten um, out of these things, and we'll say somewhat self-experimental, is that you see yourself as you are, um, almost from like your parents' point of view, or in this, yeah, in this instance. So imagine like your daughter, the way you look at her, you love her unconditionally. Mm. Um, Like, imagine- Not last night when she was up at three o'clock. Oh, (laughs) savage. (laughs) But it's like that love that you have for something, imagine seeing yourself like in a mirror, like that properly, but you actually see like your strengths, your weaknesses, um, you know, uh, things that you hold subconsciously mm. and I've been able to address that stuff and had so many breakthroughs and that's, you know, it's why I don't drink um, as well. Yeah. It's why I do certain things. Mm. Um, and it's very, very self-limiting in like, it, you know, once, once you've experienced something like this, you don't go, oh yeah, that's awesome. I'm, you know, let's, let's go yeah, again. That's it. Yeah. It's not the mindset going in. You're very well prepped going into it. It's very, very measured. It's just, very much in the right environment um, yeah. uh, it's a lot of work. with it's a guide. A it's work. It's yeah, hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah, a kid at a, at a concert taking LSD. No. No. Yeah. no. Yeah. That would be a horrible experience. You come out of it feeling very liberated but very exhausted because mm. it's like a marathon kind of getting through all of that. So yeah, set and setting is the most important. Set and setting. I think like if people, if, if, if it is something that people want to know more about and not even to do, mm. but just to understand, yeah. um, then I would definitely go to the Aubrey Marcus podcast. He has a lot of people on, um, yeah. Dorian Yates, which a lot of people would know from being Mr. Olympia. Um, yeah. he runs ayahuasca retreats really? now. Yeah. He had a cha- wow. complete change in life. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He runs yeah. ayahuasca retreats. So I would probably say those two and uh maybe tim ferris writes a lot about it as well he goes tim ferris does yeah, yeah. Tim, tim ferris puts over a million dollars in worth of psychedelic funding psychedelic yeah. research funding yeah so that's what i mean like all these sort yeah. of guys joe rogan these are the sort of guys which open up my mind because i wanted to um initially i wanted to address addictive issues mm. and that was my initial reason yeah. um and like i've had so many breakthroughs in life mm. because i've seen myself yeah, I think that's probably a good way to finish that topic off. Deep, I love it. Yep. Excellent, guys. And just as we're going deep, we might go a little bit deeper here. <laughs> Where did this self-experimentation come from? And what do you think the origin is? So I'll give you a little bit of background. For me, for example, when I thought about this a little bit more in detail, I realized that a lot of this came from when I was younger. I had issues with my skin. So I had... And to be honest, it's the general stuff. You look back now, everything you look back on, it's like, it's stuff that, as you're saying, how you see yourself. Mm you see yourself so much worse than it really is. Mm. You talk to the average person that's around you, like whether it be weight loss, whether it be um, skin issues, health issues, you know, whatever it is. Sometimes, you know, personality issues, maybe not, but um, <laughs> everyone sees it differently to how you see it, and we're our worst critic and all the rest of it. So for me, I blew it up to be a lot bigger than it was. And by blowing it up bigger than it was, it led me down this path of trying to like, I think I started with like natural remedies. I want to do it naturally. Is it like teenage acne? yeah. And, and even like looking back at it now, it was just a lot of pimples. Like mm-hmm. that's all it really was. And it was come and go and, and all the rest of it. And I saw myself as a pretty confident guy and, and, when, like, and I felt like it held me back a lot because I allowed it to really, looking back on it now. So the, the natural stuff was the first thing I started with. Then I'd go to like, screw that, it doesn't work. I'm going to go to like, you know, a doctor and get, you know, and I, I mean, that lasts like a week. It's just not who I am. I don't like that, you know, taking antibiotics for no reason and mm-hmm. shit like that. I knew that wasn't what I needed. 
tried all the, the run-of-the-mill products, they made it worse. Then I went down the path of diet, and that's sort of, I think, what led me to things like paleo and a few more of the, like, really restrictive-style diets. It's dairy, it's gluten, which I can tell you now from uh, being in a very different place now. It was none of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went down the line of mindset, which I think was where I had probably the biggest breakthroughs, which is yeah. quite ironic. And then it kind of led to, like, this sounds really gimmicky and really, like, but... Uh, loving yourself and then in turn being loved by someone else unconditionally was really the final trigger in that case for me it was Kimmy yeah wow um, where it just changed everything and overnight it was like it was gone yep um, and then you know you could say obviously from a scientific perspective well it was just a phase in life that everyone goes through hormone changes stuff for me personally and then essentially that phase ended and that's why it changed but for me that's what I felt the biggest trigger and change was so I think a lot of this stuff has come from that. The other thing was I always grew up a skinny kid. Like I was lucky I got into training at a young age. Mm-hmm. I'd probably be like 50 kilos dripping wet if that was if that wasn't the case. So I think for a long time things like the go mad diet and that sort of stuff. I was always looking for a way to hack muscle and build more muscle, which nowadays I'm pretty much in a phase where I don't worry about that. I'm quite happy the way I am, and if things change, awesome. But I'm not going to go anything extreme or crazy mm-hmm. amount of calories or anything like that. And ironically, with the skin stuff now, I don't even wash my face. I do nothing for it whatsoever mm-hmm. and have probably the best results I've had, you know, and it's been consistent now for like eight or nine years. So, yep. so it's funny how it works. So give us a little bit of background on yours and where you think yours might have come from. Um, obviously, there's a lot of, as it progresses, it's not just about insecurities, yeah. but is there an insecurity maybe with different things that... Nah, definitely not. So definitely not insecurity for me. So I think what really stemmed me on to be able to do this stuff, and um, I got into, uh, I would say Tim Ferriss. So I got into Tim Ferriss um, from uh, the original four-hour work week. So it probably would have been, I must have been 20 um, when I first got into him. Maybe, maybe 21 at the latest. So I've been on like that ride for 12 years. Mm. And I remember um, just thinking the experiments that he did was so cool because back in the four hour body, which was his second book, you know, he's, he's got all these gadgets and he had access to all these cool mm. resources to be able to just do all these tests. Yeah. And I always thought, man, that would be cool for me to be able to actually test myself, like so I know. So we're talking about doing things like microbiome testing. I, I guarantee you that will be a test that I do mm-hmm. where I use either bowel restore or gut right and I actually try and get some quantifiable data out of myself. Um, it's like, you know, doing the doing the diets and things and, you know, getting your bloods done. Um, it seems so out of reach to be able to have the resources to do that. And I think that's what would stop people from doing it. But we're very lucky that we have a lot of resources now, whether it's using like the aura, the aura, the aura rings to be able to like track your sleep and be able to get a lot of quantifiable data. Um, uh, obviously again, metabolic measures um, to be able to go and actually get really, really um, good insights and testing on yourself so it gives you the opportunity to do this so i would say the technical stuff it would have originally been inspired by tim but also on the back of that i would say i've not modeled myself off anyone as well um it's just something which is ingrained in me which i enjoy so if i ever do something i always do it for myself it's not for other people which is what i think is important so the diets I didn't do it for content for people. I didn't do it because I got told to do it. I did it because I genuinely wanted to find out for myself and anyone that wanted to know they were on for the ride. Um, So that's... What works and what works for you. Yeah, yeah. and like, is there drastic changes? Like, I just wanted to know because prior to going into that diet experiment, I genuinely thought because I've read it and because it's in the Bulletproof diet and because Mm -hmm. of all the keto people, I went... 
this has got to be the best because it's going to reduce inflammation. It's going to give you cognitive function. It's going to do this and this. You don't have to worry about calories. And I literally thought that because I read it and it's not till I experienced it. I went, oh, okay, not the case. Life goes yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> cognitive function comes from coffee. Yeah. Uh, inflammation, well, we talked about, you can do different things to that. Fasting, stress, different things that play so probably a bigger role. Do you know that just being in a calorie deficit create, uh, lowers inflammation? There you go. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. that simple. Yeah. And But now I can have these conversations mm. because I've yeah. done it. Mm. So yeah, what spurred it on? I would say the original catalyst would have been Tim Ferriss, but... Um, the, outside of that, I don't, I actually don't read a lot, to be honest. Um, I podcast, but most of it's just mindless shit. It's just Joe Rogan with comedians and yeah. it's just me having a giggle. That's the, you know, I, I do, I do listen to more informative stuff, mm. but I don't read that much. I create my own content. Yeah. Know what I mean? Um, you used to though, right? I used to. Yeah. We were talking about it beforehand. I had a, cause I have a, I have a, probably about 10 books in my house, which are the ones that I hold on to, which, which are the ones that like I really, really like because it's either the author or something. Uh, but the other ones I threw about 120 books out um, actually on, on that talking about like modeling and where does it come from if I look at the books I've got so Tim Ferriss I think I've got like five of his books there Aubrey Marcus someone that's also into like quite experimental sort of stuff obviously Bulletproof Diet a book of biohacking um, the kind of the kind of circles that I read and their sort of circles they all do it mm. and so I think that I just feel like I'm part of that community because it's also a part of who I am Cool. Mm. So yours would be more like, I suppose, uh, um, influenced by by a figure that you, I know you don't like the word look up to, um, a figure that you admire? I would say it was inspired by. Inspired by. Yeah, and I would say in my younger days, I probably did look up to him, but mm. I don't cover it over people's stuff. Like, yeah. I don't I don't go, oh, I wish I had what Tim Ferriss has, or I wish I had what Aubrey has. Because um, like we talked about, that's social media, but in reality, everyone's just a human being. Yeah. And I would say, you know, if I ever got to meet the guys, it would probably be a very similar conversation to what we have now. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I guess maybe I, I think it's good to have models. Maybe I should start modeling after these guys a little bit more. Um, except, yeah, they're definitely the, the kind of people that inspire me to do it, which is probably ingrained something within me to do the sort of stuff that I do. Cool. Awesome. Um, I guess for me, um, we kind of go way back. Um, I've always been fascinated with numbers and maths. And mm. um, I was a real competitive athlete. Shell's Asian, by the way. <laughs> but tiptoeing. But <laughs> <laughs> well, my math genes come from my dad, who's not Asian. <laughs> Plot twist. Yeah. And she can drive. <laughs> Reverse car like a boss. She got the best. She's got five one-star reviews. So yeah, yeah, she's got the best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, um, I've always been fascinated by numbers um, and maths, and um, I was a very competitive athlete all through, yeah, growing up as a kid. My dad always taught me to track and measure. So whether I was, you know, prepping for a 100, 200, 400 meter race, we would always be tracking my times, my splits. Um, so I knew that I always had to measure our results. Mm. Um, Moving forward a bit, um, went through from about 15 to about 27, um, and we spoke about it a little bit before, body image issues, um, um, you know, binge eating and, and um, extreme sort of dieting, and I just got fascinated in, well, I guess originally, you're looking for that silver bullet, that one diet that's going to like fix everything, so, um, and I did a nutrition science degree at uni, so I was always like researching lots of different sort of diet protocols and methods, and just... 
um, naturally just experimenting with you know different sort of diets to see you know what would work. Um, and that kind of led to a flexible dieting path and probably like the last sort of three years um, I'm in a really good sort of headspace now. I understand nutrition, I understand my body. Mm. And I think sort of along the way, um, I've just always been very sort of, you know, curious. And now that I guess the dieting hurdle, um, I've sort of overcome that. Just, yeah, listening to, you know, your Joe Rogan's, your Aubrey Marcus's, um, just, yeah, learning about different ways that you can, um, I guess, yeah, become a better person, mm. um, you know, optimise your performance. Um, and that's just, yeah, I guess led me down, yeah, you know, the path um, I'm sort of heading down. Mm. Um, and just, yeah, being um, um, in control of my mind, being comfortable with the uncomfortable. So that's kind of led down to like, yeah, testing like the, the breath work and the Wim Hof breathing, you know, the plant medicines, um, you know, flow states, um, yeah, exploring consciousness. So that's been, I guess, yeah, my path the last sort of, yeah, while. I think that's what's interesting about these that self experiments, and yours sounds similar in nature to mine. In that, you know, what maybe started out as as so much curiosity and thirst for knowledge to fix this um, thing that you're self conscious of, really does lead to like once you get past that, it, 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 you can explore all these other things. So many other things sort of open up. Yeah, like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Like um, I want to do actually. That's one thing I want to start doing a little bit more this year. Um, I think Wim Hof has like a breathwork course cool. and our friend Jerome has actually um, done it and he said it was just sort of phenomenal so um, we're all looking to that. I've seen the more. one where they actually go up into, I don't know where, which country, like Finland or yeah, one of those like, countries. They actually teach, they train them, like obviously to prepare for the ice and snow and everything then walk up at barefoot. Yeah, because I think he's yeah. like done like the Everest Base Camp in like yeah. Singapore or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. Was it to Base Camp or was it beyond? Okay, well, oh, yeah. Wim Hof, Wim Hof yeah. I feel like, oh, he must have done the whole thing, sure. I, I yeah. think it was the whole thing, oh, and I'm pretty sure it was twice. Yeah. Yeah. Those who don't know who Wim Hof is, look him up, Google him. But the he, Iceman. Yeah, the Iceman is a phenomenal character. He essentially has proven in a scientific study to be able to control his immune system mm. against the bacteria that brings on instant symptoms, vomiting, uh, nausea, fever, etc., and have no symptoms whatsoever. He's also done things like they just talked about conquered like Mount Everest in um, no shoes and just nothing but a pair of shorts, a pair of shorts or something like that. Yeah, yeah he I, he's I, called the Ice Man for that reason. Yeah. yeah, he drinks a lot of beer as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's a funny little guy, isn't he? He's yeah. very quirky. Amazing. Yeah, so that's really cool. So yeah, I guess that's like the I suppose the summary on it is if you go down this path, and I should point out the other thing is both examples. I would say in a lot of ways, less is more. You know, like for me, like I said, right now, I do nothing for my skin. It's not even something I think about anymore, but I don't do anything. And for you with your nutrition, it's like fasting was a process you found worked really well, mm. along with just monitoring your calories and adjusting as needed and using your background in measuring things. Yes. Mm. And sort yeah. of finding the sweet spot with that, you know, like yeah. rather than doing heaps of extreme approaches and trying all these, okay, this one for my weight loss, I'm going to do like, you know, crazy amount of calorie cuts and I'm going to sacrifice this food group and all the rest of it. You just got to like find the formula that works as a lifestyle for you mm. um, because if you're constantly like yeah, in extremes that's causing a lot of stress on the system yeah. as well and yeah. stress impacts everything so if mm. you can minimize stress um, that's going to be pretty good but you <laughs> yeah. know what's funny like we were talking about me being you know I was my fattest at the start of the year and I know I've done the test and I know that I'm going to lose weight you know by reducing calories and you know what my first knee jerk reaction I never voiced it but in my mind I went you know? 
shit, maybe I should go keto. <laughs> it's not even a joke. I was like, oh, maybe I should just go keto and cut carbs. And then I kind of stopped and laughed at myself. Like, yeah. no, nah, maybe you should just actually track what you're eating yeah, instead yeah, of yeah. like, you know, those little things that you don't realize that you're doing. Yeah, because yeah, like people focus on the small things like mm. accountability and consistency. Consistency yeah. and compliance is going to get you mm. most of the results. With everything. Yeah. That's, that's with everything, right? Yeah. So whether we're talking training and nutrition, and some people are like, oh, no, I'm going to do it intu- intuitively. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, they're like, oh, you know, I, I'm just going to do it. And, you know, they'll just either eyeball their food or their finances or whatever. But realistically, if you can measure, so you can track, if you're consistent with your plan, so you know, if you're consistent, let's say with your barefoot investor or mm. with your macro nutrition plan or with your training program and you can adjust things as needed because you can see what's required. Mm. So for me with Perfect Fam, um, and again, an example about how to apply this in life. So I have metrics for videos. I have metrics for um, uh, articles on the website yep. and traffic. Mm-hmm. I have met- metrics for social media posts and I can work out what's working or what's not working. And if I want to build my traffic, if I want to build my audience, which in then turn is avenue revenue, it's traffic which gets more people to want to subscribe, it's all these sorts of things, then I can't help but grow because I will be learning to do more of what's working and less of what's not working. If it's the same thing with everything that we're saying, whereas it, it might be a bit more work in the front end to do, but it's guaranteeing your success because you can track your success. Mm. There's a quote I'm gonna quickly read out. I got it from the guys at Like Success. Shout out. Yep. Guys. Alan Meow. Yep. You can't control what you don't measure and what you don't measure you can't change. Mm. So mm. I've actually wrote that um, in a few different places. Yep. And that's just like a little reminder that um, just don't wing shit, so. Yep. Mm. And I just point this like, uh, We'll talk a little bit in the future podcast about the e-colors. There's lots of different personality tests out there, and that's something I think the yellows or the uh, extroverts struggle with a little bit more mm. um, in terms of not tracking things or having an organized plan for stuff. And I can say that because I'm one of them. Yeah. As you saw with some of the other random experiments I did in the early days with no, nothing to measure for it. So, But yeah. I'm yellow as well. Mm. And I'm extremely yellow, and but I agree with what you're saying because it, this is not my natural instinct yep. to do this stuff, but I know that it works. Yep. So I have to fight my natural instinct. Mm-hmm. Shell's very opposite to me, which yep. is why we make a good team, mm-hmm. whereas she's very, very structured and calculated. Yep. Um, I'm very much just the doer. Yep. Um, but I know that this relies on my success in these fields to do, and so I need to create those habits. Mm. All right, um, so what tools or techniques have changed your life the most? Out of all these different things you've done up to this current date, what's the things that have changed your life the most? Okay, so tools, mm-hmm. um, so actual practical stuff that people can use. Yep. Um, if we're talking nutrition, um, then mm-hmm. you should use my fitness power and avatar, mm-hmm. like as far as apps to use. As far as techniques, uh, tracking, measuring, which is what we've said. So I would say measure what you do. And I would say um, just look, as far as like the challenges that we do, look in yourself and be like, hey, is there something that I'm doing which is holding me back or making me, you know, not as good a person? So for me, in that instance, you know, um, losing the heart. It's very, very small. But it was actually something that I went, dude, you actually have, a, 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 it's very subtle, um, but you actually have 
a psychological or self-worth issue where you're not comfortable with being bald. So address it and go front on. Yep. Um, I realized like with alcohol, I've never done anything that I regret, which didn't first involve alcohol. And um, I, if, if, I, if I was ever gonna have a crutch or a weak point in my life that could um, unravel life, relationships, whatever, uh, business, anything, it would have been alcohol. So mm. I addressed that and I removed that. Yep. For me, like, you know, the one, so getting rid of those two things, it's like, okay, well, what's something which is a crutch? So for me, mm. it would have been social media um, and being able to separate myself from this digital social media world and like, okay, cool, let's knock it on the head and get rid of it. So I would say challenge yourself to something that you think is making you not as good as what you could be. Yeah. And I think you've got to, in order to do that effectively, you have to actually look in the mirror and delve a little bit deeper. Like I said, you're pretty good at saying, no, no, I am actually struggling with this or I'm not doing this as well. Like the hat thing, you could have been in denial and be like, no, no, I just look good in a hat. That's all I want to wear it for. You know, I like, mm. it feels good on my head. It gives me some protection, you know, like yeah. ticking all the boxes there. But you actually look deep and say, hang on, I'm actually doing this because I'm insecure about X, Y, Z. Which has then opened up all these other opportunities for you to like model brands and stuff. And yeah, actually, that's the funny thing. That's what we never said. So yeah. then, my whole campaign for last year was, you know, it was and, and everything I do is in humour as well. It's mm. kind of how I wrap what I'm doing around. And it was the quest to become Australia's top ball fitness model. Yeah. And it was a joke, but I actually started getting booked for modeling gigs. Yeah. And I just kept on pushing this joke, yeah. which eventually we will say culminated at the end of the year with me doing the Jay Porter shoot with my good friends. Yep. And that was cool because I got to be like the face of Jay Porter for this change maker yep. um, campaign, which they were rolling out. And like, I was so honored to do it, but it was all off the back of this joke of Beat Australia's top ball fitness model. <laughs> That's great, yeah. yeah. And I love it because, like I said, if you had taken the Brendo of two years ago, maybe, and said, hey, if you take the hat off, you get to do all these modelling shoots, he would have been like, nah, bro, I'm not taking the hat off. No way, this is me. No way, yeah. This is me. I, no I wear this hat. Work, no, know? I wear this hat. I look weird. Yeah. I look weird. Yeah. 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 yeah, and I think those things that, like, those subtle things that are holding you back, I would do that. Mm. It's... Now, Cheryl and I, and we did touch about it, about the plant medicines and things, we are able to see this stuff because of our experiments with that. Mm. Because you literally see yourself. With it, with the stuff you like and definitely the stuff that you don't like. Mm. And it's given us a chance to address that sort of stuff. Um, except, um, if like, without having that as a tool, then, um, yeah, just try and, like, honestly assess yourself. Mm. Yeah, and be willing to confront it. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't have to share it with anybody else. Write a list of things that you, like, or from the outside looking in, try to be the person looking third eye view. You know, what do I like to other people? Yeah. You know, am I kind? Am I yeah. helpful? And what's holding me back from being that person that I want to be? Yeah. Show like your clothing. So the same thing as my heart would have been the clothing yeah. for you recently. Yeah. It's like, I didn't know, but it was a thing for you. And, um, you know, encouraging you to keep trying yeah. to close on. Like, mm. Because oh, before, we yeah. <laughs> Bef- before we went, before we went, because we were going yeah. for a shoot, and um, yeah, before we actually went there, she'll, um, uh, you know, she looked at on, you know, at their catalogue, and she's like, oh, I'd never wear that stuff. Yep. And then when we were there, she's looking around. I go, yeah, yeah, try it on. And she put it on, and it looked awesome. Yep. And so it was kind of like, you know, convincing her to buy it to get yep. out of her comfort zone, and now as a confidence thing for you. Yeah, yeah, and even like yesterday, uh, we did another shoot with Jay Porter, and uh, he's like, oh. Um, just chuck on these tights. They're like an extra, extra small. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, your waist is tiny. And like, still, like, I was trying to comprehend. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, and they fit fine. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
homework, um, and it's going to take a little while to kind of get yeah. my head around it and um, just embrace it all. But um, it's that little moment of like you just turned up to the cold water, like yeah, yeah I'm out yeah, there, yeah. you know, I'm out there, and uh, I see it at the gym a lot with of my girls and even yeah. guys, guys and girls, and you see them the first time they take, you know, I know in CrossFit it's like oh people take their shirt off and it's intimidating. It's, when you know what these people have gone through to get to this stage, it's yeah. actually not like they're just as terrified as you are. But the first time I take the shirt off, and you just want to go and give them a big hug and just be like, "Good on you." You know, you're yeah. hot. You need to take the shirt off. That's fantastic. You've worn what you want to wear. Yeah. First time they wear like um, some people shorts for the first time instead yeah. of leggings or something like yeah. that. But I'm very mindful as a male coach as well. Sometimes not being able to go up and be like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, you look great in those booty yeah, shorts. Damn girl. You yeah. Know, like. <laughs> but uh, but uh, and and for the guys as well, it's the same thing, and it's such a big moment because it. In, I don't like. I don't know about other spaces. Been across the gym, no one really does care about how you look. They're not judging you on that. No. And if you're hot and you want to get the gear off, or you just want to flaunt what the results you've got, yeah. And that's celebrating. I love that about about CrossFit gyms. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Um, one thing which I just wanted to say is you were saying, oh, you know, um, look at yourself. You don't even need to tell anyone. Like, just write it down. Yeah. I actually have the complete opposite approach. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I want to challenge myself to something, I broadcast it first. Oh yeah, for sure. Because yeah. it. It backs me into a corner, yep. and um, you want to save face. Yeah. So, uh, for instance, like losing the hat, very mm-hmm. very small thing. But I said I was going to do it. People bought into this before yep. um, before New Year's had come, and of course, first of January two thousand and eighteen rolled around, and I still wore a hat. And I thought that no one would notice and I was getting bombarded with messages <laughs> and it took me until February until I yep. committed to it, which, which is when I went, oh, dude, you've actually, you actually do have an issue. Yeah. 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 And, and that can be the power of social media right there. That's yeah. It can be really effective. It can be effective. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's, it's definitely a good broadcasting tool yep. if, if used correctly. So I like to go on the approach of put it out so mm-hmm. then you have accountability with the world yep. and if you don't follow through, like you know, we... I'm, I'm not going to not follow through. Let's put it that yeah, way. If yeah. I did those diet experiments mm. and half a month in, I went, oh, nah, nah, yep. I'm not going to do this. People remember. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like the boy that cried wolf. You can only do that so many times till people think you're full of shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Um, yeah, I guess what, more what I was talking about was more when you've identified the issue, you don't have to go out and say, oh, like, I'm really this, I'm really that. It's oh, like, like yeah, 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 try yeah. and like, get that sympathy votes from people. Get that, or just get that initial, like, let yourself deal with the fact that I am like this. Yeah. And then decide on an experiment or decide on something you're going to help to break that habit. And that's yeah. when you can put that out to the, in the world and say, well, I'm, bra- I'm feeling this, so I'm going to try and do this. Yeah. Help me out. And building those rings. I talked about in the, in the first podcast is building those rings to support out. Yep. So like your, your initial people would be you two, you know, like, yeah. hey, Shell, I'm going to do this. Shell, hey, Brenda, I'm going to do this. And then you keep each other accountable to some degree. Then you go to the people you work with and you just keep building it out. And like I said, yeah. the biggest one is social media. Yeah. Thousands of people now know I'm not going to wear a hat. Yeah, that's so right. So when you do, <laughs> nah, man, that's, that's get caught out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah get, yeah, get caught out straight away. Mm. I think if you know, with the diet one, I think I came up with this great idea. And then it just dawned on me. I think I told everyone, I went, oh, damn, I should probably ask Shell if this is all right because this is really going to hamper our date nights, yeah. hey? Yeah. <laughs> Any keto restaurants, you know? Or... No, he was a vegan. It was like, oh, I had yeah. to like double check menus and stuff all yeah. the time. Yeah, I did. We committed. It was good. Yeah. Um, mm. Shell, any tools? Yeah, so um, probably similar, quite similar to Brendo. Um, if it comes to nutrition, um, yeah, Avatar Nutrition Online has been like phenomenal. Um, and um, yeah, track everything with my fitness pal. I took everything one step further 18 months ago and um, 
talking about being like accountable. Um, I do a Instagram story every morning um, on like a weigh-in, and that just keeps me accountable with the world. Mm. Um, mm. So anyone who wants to follow, like I'm doing a reverse diet phase at the moment, but um, I've just documented every day of my journey um, from like fat loss phase to yeah, reverse dieting phase, how many calories I'm on, um, how many steps I'm doing, and like, yeah, and the results, and then um, yeah, then at the end of each phase, um, you know, I do a Dexas down with metabolic measures. Um, so that would be, um, I guess, the nutrition side of things. Financials, if anyone hasn't read the Barefoot Investor, mm. I would highly recommend it. We got a doubt. Finances yep. into gear, get your orange ING cards, but that book will change your life and your finances. You just know, don't you? If you see someone with the orange ING, yeah. like, you didn't choose ING out of like, yeah. hopefully, like, you join their bank, you're like, you read Barefoot Investor. Didn't yeah, you? they've got like splurge with tape written on yeah. it. Like, every every time. But honestly, like, splurge, like, it's just such a good like system. Yeah, and it's, it's so good. Simple. Yeah. yeah, it's very good. I feel very in control of my finances finances following it um i think that people making new year's resolutions whether it's nutrition like training or or money it's always one of the two yeah it's like guys this this method works this method works it shouldn't be like a now i'm going to you know start my yard it should just be an ongoing process of these things yes building on them and making them better yeah i'd point out as well their um profit first for business owners is very similar to barefoot investors some different strategies but i love that it's another okay i'm gonna read it yeah yeah, go profit first. Change the way you think about your finances and business. Cool. Um, I think the only other one, um, probably, yeah, vision board. Um, like, actually, I like writing things down. I think there's um, a little bit more connection when you're like, yeah, pen to paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've got my vision board in my office um, with all my different sort of goals for um, the short term and long term goal, uh, long term, that I, I look at every single day. And that way, you're like constantly reminding yourself, you know, you're working towards certain things. So, yep. um, yeah, I think, yeah, probably those three would be, yeah, the tools that mm. I use. I like that. And, yeah, the pen to paper thing is really, really important. I, I, it's funny, the amount of times I've written something down, put it away, and probably the opposite, not looked at it, and then come back and gone, oh, shit, I did that. Mm. Oh, I achieved that. I did that. So I think both styles work, but definitely putting something down or having something visual mm. that you can attach is, yeah, super powerful. Yeah. Mm. Agreed. So, uh, final question before we wrap things up today. Um, what is something about one another that annoys you? <laughs> I'm just going to basically ask this to every couple that I interview. That's a really, that's a really, that's a really awkward question. <laughs> Shit. You know that I've got to stay here after you go. <laughs> Damn. Uh, would you like to, would you like to go first? That's an easy one. Sorry. Oh, yeah, but at least <laughs> mine's going to be funny. <laughs> Brace yourself, Brenda. Yeah, I know. Um, so, I grew up in an Asian household, so like I'm a real clean freak, so we don't wear shoes in the house. Oops. That's good that's Good for you. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I'm probably a little bit OCD, which I'm working on not being as OCD. Um, when we first moved in together, like... Uh, I didn't like getting my feet dirty, so I'd wear like thongs, uh, inside thongs, which I actually yeah. don't wear anymore, so I'm quite comfortable <laughs> like walking around. There you go, so you're <laughs> developing each other, that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, things that annoy me, so Brent used to be a baseball player, so he should have like a good oh. shot. He has fucking clothes all over the house. Oh, nah. So like, he'll like throw, oh, like take off his shirt, she's lying. Throw, up, throw on the bench, put on that bench. It'll be half hanging off like 
one of the one of the laundry baskets. Yeah, I'm guilty of this. Kim's gonna be listening to this, going, "This, I hear your sister." But yeah. listen, like in all fairness, though, if it's on the bench, I haven't thrown it on the bench, so it has nothing to do with my baseball skills. I've just, I've just placed it there in an organised chaos that the chances I'm gonna put it back on shortly will happen. I think it's universal to males. I think just the, the, it's something about the basket. It's just like, oh, next to the basket says you know. Like when we first moved in together, he used to like leave the wet towel on the bed and Lauren like, how do you not like feel like? Actually, yeah. Kim does that, that annoys me. Yeah. Does she? Annoys me. Yeah, yeah. Kimbo, reverse, lift your game. Reverse there, reverse rolls. Yeah. Uh, oh man. It's a chance to strike back. <laughs> I don't know if I have one, hey. No, I'm gonna take the higher ground. <laughs> I am. I'm sorry that I can't entertain people with this. Yeah. Um. I I definitely do not wear the pants in the relationship. It's very very That's true. Yeah. No, because the things which like Chell talking about are Like in all fairness, like we balance each other out very well. Because if we weren't together, I would live in chaos. Mm because I would be so yellow and so entrepreneurial and stuff yeah. that I wouldn't focus on the things mm. that require. So the things that could annoy me actually make our life like better. Yep. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that there's anything that annoys me about you. I'll just add one thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got, I, got, I, got, yeah, I got two things. Yeah, you've missed your two, you passed, now I get two. <laughs> No, we're actually extremely good communicators. Mm. Um, we don't dwell on things like we will say there's some tension or whatever. We will not go to bed until we've discussed whatever it is that's on our mind um, or, you know, annoying us or pissed us, um, each other off. So, yeah, we've learned to yeah, communicate really well, which is just, I guess, strengthen our yeah, relationship. Yeah. Um, so no you know what i do actually have an answer but i don't want to use the word annoying i'm going to use the word ridiculous if that's okay <laughs> yep, yep. so she'll does something absolutely freaking ridiculous that i don't understand she eats brussels sprouts and brown rice for breakfast yeah so who like number one who eats brussels sprouts number two who... you know what i never used to eat brussels sprouts until i found that they help lower your estrogen levels and so every time Kim now serves them up, I just shut up and eat them. Really? <laughs> I don't get it. I've never grown up. Like, everyone yeah, hates Brussels sprouts. Every I morning, she, she's... I was trying one day, I'm like, oh, yeah. And that's it. Brussels sprouts. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Just put some context here. So, my my breakfast at the moment is... This is how... Well, I don't know macros. 260 grams of brown rice. 120 grams We dialed in. We dialed in. 11 yeah. grams of coconut oil with a balsamic dressing. 100 grams of carrots. 50 grams of beetroot and I put in 90 grams of cooked Brussels sprouts and it is fucking amazing. Wow. And a bit of mustard. There's well. a recipe for you. Yeah. Huh? yeah. yeah. It yep. doesn't sound amazing Perfect to me. Post-workout <laughs> breakfast and it keeps me going to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> so not annoying, just ridiculous. <laughs> Excellent guys. All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, coming on and being my first guest. You were fantastic. I knew Ooh. you guys would be a great one to uh, bounce off the first one. It's an honor. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, last bit, how can people reach you if they need help or they want to reach out further about any stuff? From well, they definitely can't contact me on my personal <laughs> yeah, social media. Yeah, my messenger actually is still open. So if people have me on Facebook and they want to chat, they can still do that. Otherwise, I still run the Perth FitFan platforms, um, which is hopefully everyone follows it. If you don't, make sure you do. So that's just Perth FitFan. Um, that's the only way you can contact me. 
Don't try anything else. <laughs> I'll put the address in at the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, me, uh, you can find me Shell Jeans on Facebook or Shell J Hustle on Instagram. Shoot me a message if you've got any questions. We're in the pub, eh? Just say, mate. No, he's just chilling. He's, he's just been chilling, he's mate. been a pretty good boy. He's just living the dream. Yeah, he's a good lad. All right, guys, thank you again for tuning in. Uh, next week we're coming to you with episode four. Uh, have a great week. <laughs>